is here. Uh, good to be able to uh, share with you tonight. Um, I remember uh, a little while ago now, or I should say this actually, we are starting a new series in Romans. So uh, we're, start, we're doing it in the morning and also we're going to follow it uh, at night as well. And so tonight um, I have the opportunity and the privilege to, uh, to, start, this, uh, to start this series in Romans. So we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 1 um, a little bit tonight. Um, now as I was saying, I, um, I remember a little while ago, uh, my mum had been talking to me about, I don't know if anyone's here into to, um, like, f- uh, not, I was going to say festivals, uh, musicals, musicals. Uh, my mum had been talking about, with me, about um, a musical that she'd gone to and she raved about it, like she was just going on and on about it. Now I've got to be honest, I didn't grow up like musically, I didn't grow up going to church, never grew up like singing or any of that sort of stuff. So um, I, the way I saw musicals was honestly, I just kind of saw it as like, it was like a movie that you would watch live, but then they'd break out into a song. And I used to think, why are you destroying this movie with your song and your singing? I, I just, and I apologize, anyone who loves singing and musicals, I apologize, but <laughs> this is just kind of uh, how I saw it. But my mum had gone to this musical and she raved about it, like absolutely raved about it. She said, oh, David, it's incredible. And then she said this to me, she said, you should go. Like, you've, it, honestly, you should go to this musical. I'm like... There is no way I am going to a musical. I do not want to watch a movie and see someone break out into a song. Like, it, it just never made sense to me. And, uh, but she continued to keep raving about it and going on and going on about it. And I was like, I'm not going. Like, I'm, ne- I'm never going. I hadn't really been to a musical before. I'd seen enough to go, I don't want to go to a musical. Uh, and, um, and so I was just like, I'm, I'm not interested. But my mum was convinced this musical she saw was absolutely amazing. Anyway, lo and behold, um, a little while later, the musical that she'd seen was coming back to Brisbane. Now, I didn't know this, but one day my mum came over or something like that. She was visiting um, us, and my mum said, I have a present for you and Raquel. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, okay, like a bit random. I don't think it was anything for a special occasion, a birthday or anything like that. Uh, but she said, I have a present for you. And it was in an envelope. And uh, I remember she gave us this present, we opened it up, and it was uh, two tickets to this musical. I was devastated. Like, I mean, I had, to, I had to kind of act like, oh my gosh, thanks, mom, that's awesome. But DT, I was like, why? Anyway, I, I, when I tell you, is the musical The Jersey Boys. I, I don't know if anyone's been to that musical at all. Um, but she raved about it and it opened it up and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I've got to go to this musical. I cannot believe it. And then she said, oh, but great news. Like I've got a ticket as well. So the three of us will go. <laughs> She's like, the three of us will go. Like, cause she's like, I've got to go back. Like, it's back in Brisbane. I've got to go back. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome, mom. Yeah, that's so good. And, uh, and so she raved about it. Anyway, so I was just like, I, I, you know, I said to her, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I'm going to get on a musical. I cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. Anyway, the night came. We got ready or whatever. And we went to this musical, The Jersey Boys. Honestly, it is the best musical you will ever see in your entire life. It was amazing. It was amazing. I have, I have never experienced anything like it before. Absolutely incredible. The songs, the storyline. It was absolutely amazing. It was so good. I became the biggest Jersey Boys advocate you could ever meet. Anyone I met, I said, have you, have you seen musicals before? They're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you've got to see Jersey Boys. Have you seen Jersey Boys? It's amazing. You've got to see Jersey Boys. I raved about it. Well, lo and behold, Jersey Boys came to Brisbane and left. And then I heard Jersey Boys was coming back to Brisbane. <laughs> I kid you not, 
I bought tickets for me and Raquel and we went a second time to Jersey Boys because it's amazing, absolutely amazing. And honestly, if it comes back to Brisbane again, I'm going. Like I'm dead second, I don't care. I'll go a third time. And you know what? I met another very, um, a, a, a male in this church, I won't say the name, a male in this church, you would never think he would be into musicals. Well, I discovered he too went to Jersey Boys and he too raves about Jersey Boys. And uh, we share this commonality around uh, the Jersey Boys musical and uh, it's, it's amazing. But seriously, after that, I became such an advocate, like Jersey Boys and musical, it's incredible. You've got to go. If it comes back, I'm going, I'll see you there. I'll see you there if it comes back, all right? It's amazing. But there's something powerful and there's something true about when you, when you experience something that is quite incredible, you can't help but tell others about it. Like it really is the case. And uh, that's exactly what happened to my mom when she went and saw it. She couldn't help it. She, she was inviting everyone. She was buying tickets for people. I don't know. She bought tickets for us. She couldn't help but say, you've got to go. Like you've really got to go. And I'd be the last person to want to, you know, go to a musical. But she just knew, no, this is, this is actually incredible. Like you've got to know, you've got to go to it, David. And we went. And in the same way, we experienced it in the same way. I was just like, you've got to go see this. There's something about when you experience and when you encounter something, there's an overflow of the heart that says, I need to tell others about it. Like I really do. And that's what happened to me uh, just around a musical. But honestly, in the same way, there's a person in the Bible that also had an extraordinary encounter, extraordinary experience where he too couldn't help but the overflow of what took place in his life the overflow of what had, 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 had he encountered, he couldn't help, but he just, felt, he just had this compulsion, like, I've got to tell others about this. And the story is about the Apostle Paul, and, and he experienced, he had this extraordinary encounter one day. I mean, he was a, he was a Christian killer. Like, he, he didn't want anything to do with Christianity. As a matter of fact, he would imprison Christians. He would allow Christians to be killed uh, for, for them following this Jesus Christ. This is who he was, formerly known as Saul. <clears throat> And this Saul had set out to kind of destroy this Christian faith that was beginning to, um, beginning to unravel and beginning to roll and move forward in great power. And, and Saul just decided that there's no way I want anyone to have a bar of this. And then he has this encounter, the famous encounter on the Damascus Road. And he has this encounter on this horse where he hears the audible voice of God. He's knocked off his horse and he hears this audible voice of God. Why are you persecuting me? And all of a sudden, God, uh, Saul himself encounters the living God and his life is changed and transformed. And he experiences and he encounters Jesus Christ for himself and everything changes for him. And he becomes the greatest advocate for the Christian faith that we'll you know, ever know or read about. It's quite extraordinary. He writes uh, you know, most, uh, a lot of the New Testament, his letters to different churches, and he becomes an extraordinary advocate for the gospel. Now, why? It's because for the Apostle Paul, he encounters this extraordinary message of the gospel. He encounters Christ himself and his life was the never the same again. In the same way as he writes this church in, uh, in Rome, in the same way as he goes about his life and tells others about his Christ, it's because he's encountered Christ. It's because he's been changed by this gospel message. And the, word, uh, the, 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 the wording for gospel is good news. That's what it is. It's good news. This gospel message, this good news message that this is for all people. And Paul encounters this and he just goes about for the rest of his life living out and, and desiring to say, I'm going to be an advocate for this message because I know it's the power of God that transforms people's lives. 
And in the same way, Paul says to you and he says to me, hey, if you know this message, and I understand that for some of you here tonight and some of you online, you mightn't quite fully understand this message yet. You may not have experienced this in your own life yet, but for many of you, you probably have. You've experienced the good news of this message in the same way Paul urges you and he urges me to say, hey, make sure you continue to share this message because this truly is good news for all people. It's truly amazing. And part of Romans, really the whole book, but there's this significant two verses in halfway through um, Romans chapter one. And there's two significant verses where Paul is really saying, hey, this is, this is of high significance. This is so important. And he says this, even though, and Paul was, you know, Paul was ridiculed and Paul was, um, uh, how would you say, persecuted for this gospel message that he went about preaching. But even still, he was, he was determined that he was going to continue to keep sharing this message. And he says this in verses 16 and 17. He says, for I'm not, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, uh, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And so here Paul describes, hey, I'm not ashamed of this message because he knows how extraordinary it is. He knows how good it is. And when we get a revelation and when we get an understanding and when we encounter the living God for ourselves, there's something about it that just compels us to say, I've got to tell others. You become an advocate for it. You become, yeah, an advocate for this message, this good news message for others. And Paul knew how good this message was. Paul knew this is extraordinary. It changes uh, the the lives of of those uh, around him. It's an extraordinary message. And he talks about in verse 16, he's not ashamed. Why? Because it's the power of God at work. It's the power of God. Now, what does that mean, like the power of God? Basically, what it means is that this good news message is, is a message that God wants to get out into people's lives, that it, it, it goes forth in power because it's, it's the power of God working in people's lives, that when people hear this message and they respond to this message, that the gospel message has power to change and transforms a, transform a person's life. There's nothing else in society in this world today. I mean, we can have some experiences and things that change our lives a little bit and it sort of has a bit of an impact on our lives. But this eternally changes, like radically changes and transforms and does a healing and restorating uh, work of the human heart that nothing else possibly can. This good news message goes forth and when it pierces a person's heart and when a person responds to it, that's the power of God. And so when the message is proclaimed, it's like God's power goes with that message and it does a work that only God can do in a human life. And this is why Paul says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed to go about and tell others about it, even though I've been criticized, even though I've been persecuted, even though I've been nearly stoned to death for sharing this message. I'm not ashamed because I know the power of this message. I know what it can do in a person's life. And it can do the same as Paul knows this. It can do this in your friend's life, in your family member's life, in your work colleague's life. In the same way, the power of this gospel can change and transform. It changes everything. And Paul understood this. It's the power of God at work. It's the power that helps us as well to share this with others. I remember, without going into too much detail, but I remember on one particular occasion, we were on this you know, local mission trip somewhere 
And I remember we had different teams with team leaders that were um, out and connecting with young people and sharing and, and all that sort of stuff. And I remember one particular team member came back and it's, you know, it's over a week or so. And I remember one particular team member came back and she was sharing with me about how she'd been connecting her and her team had been connecting with these group of boys. And they started to ask some questions around faith and, and all that sort of stuff. And they had some questions. He said, I don't know if I you know, can answer their questions real well, but I reckon you could, like you could come and, and answer all their questions. And, and so she said, I, I just let them know that um, you know, my pastor's here and that he'll, he'll come with us one time and he'll be able to answer all your questions. And I remember just thinking really nervous because I'm like, man, you, know, you, you feel the pressure when someone says, oh, don't worry, he'll be able to answer all your questions. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah, like I'll definitely come. I'm not sure if I'll be able to answer everything. I, I, don't, I don't know. And I remember on this one particular occasion that we went and we connected with these guys and all of a sudden, you know, the subject of faith and God and all that sort of got, stuff got brought up. And these guys started just smashing me with all these questions around faith. You know, they, they didn't grow up going to church or anything like that, but they started smashing me with all these questions. And I remember just sitting there and I tried my best, you know, to answer all these questions. And I remember just halfway through going, I don't know if this is making any sense at all. Honestly, it felt a little bit like how I preached in the 4 p.m. service. I said to Nathan, we've got to fix this message. I don't know, I don't know if any of that made sense. But, but I, was, I was there, and, and as I was sharing, I was just going, I'm not sure if this is making any sense. And I was answering, kept answering. And as, we, as I continued to answer questions, we kind of got to this kind of, you know, end of it all, this closure of like, you know, I kind of answered every, all the questions that they had. And I remember just thinking, I don't know if, like that, that just probably made no sense at all. And I was like, oh, is there any other questions you might have? And we sort of talked a bit more. And, and then one of the guys goes, no, like, I think, that's, I think that's pretty good. And then he said this, which absolutely floored me because I was just like, there's no way that made any sense whatsoever. Like, like nothing. There's no way they could have understood the gospel from what I just said. I, I just, I don't even know. I felt like I mumbled through everything. I had no idea what I was talking about and all this sort of stuff. And so I said, oh, okay, well, okay, that's all good. And, was like, and then one of them just goes, yeah, like, that, that makes sense. And he goes, yeah, I could accept that. And I'm like, Oh, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, everything you said and about faith and all that sort of stuff, yeah, I could accept that. Like, I, I could totally accept that. And I was like, wow, really? Like, and I was thinking, no, nah, he mustn't have heard me clearly. Like, I better go over it again, explain, because there's no way. He's like, no, that makes total sense. Like, I get it. And, and kind of re-explained re it. And he got it. Like, he just understood it. And, and honestly, it's like one of those moments where it's the power of God just, I don't know what happened, but the power of God just working in that moment in, in, in the human heart. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying that it's the power of God. He says, I'm not ashamed of this good news because it's the power of God that, that can change and transform a person's life. It's extraordinary. It's the power of God, this message and the power of God that goes forth with this message that can pierce a heart and bring transformation to a person. You know, often you hear testimonies after testimonies, people that are caught up in some extraordinarily, uh, you know, addictive behaviours that they just knew, they just knew there's simply not possible to overcome some of these, um, you know, um, addictive behaviors that they had. But then they encounter God and all of a sudden their lives change. All of a sudden they are overcome. And it's not because of their power, it's because of the power of the gospel. It's because of the power of God as he comes and they encounter him. I remember a friend of mine sharing with me, he'd been addicted to ice for 10 years, extraordinarily addictive uh, drug. And he knew in his heart, he said, I would never be able to get over that drug. But when he encountered Christ, everything changed. He said, all of a sudden I experienced and received the power of God that was able, enabled me to get off that drug ice. This is the power of God. And this is why Paul's not ashamed. Why? Because it changes and transforms people's lives. It transforms individuals. It transforms suburbs. It transforms cities. It transforms nations. 
And there are testimonies of people throughout the whole world whose life has been transformed. That's why Paul will say, I'll never be ashamed of this good news. It's extraordinary news. And when we understand the fullness of this and how it changes us, that we are compelled to tell others about it. In the same way, Paul goes on from verse 16, he goes on in verse 17, he says, this is the good news that tells us how God makes us right in His sight. It tells us um, how God makes us right in His sight. You see, there's a perception out there in a society and maybe even here as you sit, you, you think, and I had this too. Like, you know, what is Christianity all about? You know, if someone said to me, oh, I'm a Christian, you know, before I became a Christian, someone said, I'm a Christian, I wouldn't have the faintest idea what that meant. I would have been like, okay, like you're some religious person or something. I wouldn't have had a clue. Wouldn't have had the faintest idea what they meant. And I think in our society and some of the, the, the general consensus is that, okay, Christian or to have a relationship with God, you've just got to be a really good person. You've got to be really good. Now we know, and the Bible is so clear on this, that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags to God. We fall short of the glory of God all the time. And so how can we possibly ever have a right standing before God? How can we ever stand before the holy and righteous God? Because the entry point to heaven is perfection and none of us, none of us have ever reached that. Every single one, I mean, we all know that. We all know that we don't reach perfection. So how could any of us possibly stand before a holy and righteous God, perfect in his sight? And God out of his love, God out of his mercy. And this, is, this was Jesus' heart coming to this earth to live the perfect life we couldn't live. But to die death, to die, uh, because the wages of sin is death and the consequences of our sin is death. And so Jesus dies on a criminal's cross and he dies and he takes upon himself every single sin, our past sin, our present sin, our future sin. He takes all that sin upon himself and he dies the, the sacrificial death for all of humanity so that then not only does he die for our sin, but we receive his righteousness. This is the extraordinary exchange. C.S. Lewis talks about it, the great exchange taking place on the cross where Jesus dies upon that cross for all of humanity's sin and the Father has to turn, his, turn away from the Son because of the amount, the, the sin, the sin on His Son turns away and for the first time in His life, He's forsaken, uh, you know, forsaken from His Father. But He does this so that, so that we can, and we receive His righteousness. And so that when God looks upon us, when you, when you receive that and you say, okay, it's only by Christ's death on the cross and resurrection, that I can stand before a holy and righteous God, that when in God's eyes, He sees you as righteous. To get our head around this changes everything. I mean, to, to, to truly know that you can stand before a holy and righteous God and that before Him, you are righteous because of what Christ has done for you. I mean, that changes everything. To know that your identity is now in God, to know that you are loved and valued and that He sees you as Christ, like perfect before God's eyes, changes everything. It's extraordinary. And this is this good news that uh, this is this good news that that that, um, that Paul talks about here, and he goes on to say this is accomplished from start to finish by faith, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. In other words, Paul's saying it's nothing of our doing; it's simply what Christ has done for us. It's simply by us coming and saying, I, I literally see what Jesus has done for me on the cross. It's, it's, it's not even by us adding to it because that's off, that, we fall into that as well sometimes. We think, oh, okay, like I understand, you know, it's by faith in what Christ has done for me, but, but, but now I'll just add my good things to it as well. And, and we can't do that. It's simply by faith alone, simply by faith in what Christ has done for us. That is what gives us right standing before God. It's through faith that a righteous person has life. 
You know, Nathan mentioned this uh, this morning, but I think it summarizes it so well around John Wesley. John Wesley was used so mightily by God in an extraordinary way. There was John Wesley, his brother Charles Wesley, and um, uh, who was the other uh, revivalist at that time? George Whitfield uh, was another one. And they, they were all used so powerfully by God. But uh, as Nathan mentioned this, it's, it, it encapsulates this so well by faith alone in Christ. And some of you may not realize, but many people do not realize, just let me read this to you around John Wesley. Many people do not realize that the great English preacher and founder of the Methodist church, John Wesley, was a failed missionary. He went to America and came home disappointed, a failure. The problem Wesley later discovered was partly summarized by a short phrase. Holiness was the fruit of faith, not the cause. This may be hard to understand, but it's very important. Wesley thought he had to be really good, perfect, before his faith in God would be active. He believed he had to be holy. What he discovered was that living a good or a holy life was in fact the outcome of faith in Jesus, not what created the faith. In other words, you believe and trust in Jesus first and holiness will follow. And it's an extraordinary thing. And it's so true that it's our faith in Him uh, that gives us our holiness. It's our faith in Him that gives us right standing before God. This is extraordinary news, extraordinary news. And so we can walk around with a new revelation, a great um, identity of who we are in God, that we don't need to try and work hard, that we don't need to try and achieve anything for Him, that it's because of our, just simply our faith in Him and what Jesus has done for us, that God looks upon us as holy and righteous in His sight. And what freedom that brings. Like, honestly, how liberating is that? You don't, need to, you don't need to try harder anymore. You know, we live in a culture that says you've got to try harder, you've got to work more. But in God, it's, it's, it's this upside down kingdom that's extraordinary, absolutely amazing. And this is why Paul is so proud of this good news. This is why he's not ashamed of this good news because it literally changes and transforms people's lives. An amazing message. Now, this is the first part of this message, and particularly in chapter one. Paul talks about how extraordinary this good news is. But then Paul goes on to say that it's because of this good news that it compels us to share with others. It compels us to take action. And he he explores this in verse one, particularly as he writes this letter, he talks about how he has been called by God to share this good news message. He says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to uh, to preach his good news. We discover that uh, Paul understands, yes, I, I realize this message. I realize how good it is. I realize it changed people's lives. And I have been sent by God to proclaim this message. Now, granted, it says here, you know, Paul, that he was, he was called as an apostle. But I want you to understand this tonight. And I'm so, God is just working on my heart in this so much at the moment. I recognize that for many of you, you know, you don't, you don't live in church world and, and, and you've got jobs and you're at university and you've got careers that you feel, uh, you know, called to do. And and, and yes, here in this situation, Paul's called to be an apostle. But for many of us, it may not be an apostle, but it doesn't change uh, the fact that we've been commissioned and called by God to share this good news. For Paul, it was through this vehicle of apostleship. For you, it's gonna be through the vehicle of something else. 
You see, you may be a nurse in a hospital and God has called you to be a nurse in that hospital to proclaim, uh, you know, to care and to love, absolutely, to do your job, absolutely. But, but for God to use you in that place to be the light for Him, to share maybe where the opportunity arises, why you uh, had that sense of peace, why you seem different to others, why you work so uh, with such a phenomenal work ethic, uh, why you shine that light. He's called you to that very job. You see, for many of us, sometimes uh, you may just drive to your work or you drive to university or drive to wherever, you know, wherever you're going, you think, you know, God's not really that concerned about this. But He's deeply concerned about it. So often in church settings, we haven't necessarily meant to, but sometimes we can see kind of the church on Sunday as the sacred and, and you know, outside the four walls of the church or outside the church property is, this, is the secular. But nothing could be further from the truth because God, I mean, certainly in our culture today, we see secularism uh, taking place, but God is, is interested and God is involved in every single sphere of society. And so for Paul, he knows this is an extraordinary message, but he also knows that he's been sent by God to proclaim it. And in the same way, if you're a Christian here tonight, that God has given you this message to share with others. And so it may be through the marketplace, it may be through your particular job. And for too long, you, you haven't even realised, you didn't even realise that your workplace is a ministry. Your workplace is a ministry, that you've been called to that very place to have an impact for God. However, He leads you in that, however He leads you. You thought the job, uh, that, that God wasn't interested in the job site as you work as a tradie in whatever job site, but he's deeply interested in that job site. You, you didn't think God was that concerned about your university or you were just there to get a degree and to get a job and pay off a mortgage and, and whatever it might be, but he's deeply concerned about that area. And he wants to use you in that very place that you have been sent by God, that you have been called in whatever you're currently doing, you have been called to that place to have an impact for God. And it changes everything. You see the purpose all of a sudden that arises in your heart and in your life when you realise, hang on a second, God's concerned about my Monday through to Saturday, that Sunday is not just this moment where I come to church and get fired up and then, you know, we, we, we compartmentalise our lives thinking that He's concerned about Sunday. Absolutely, we know that. Um, but from Monday through to Saturday, God's not that interested and it's simply not true. God is deeply interested and God wants to use you and He sends you out that you're a sent person by God. You know, I, I, John 20, 21, and I shared this a little bit, sorry for, for the youth, I shared this a little bit on Friday night. Uh, but John 20, 21, this is extraordinary verse that's just so dear to me uh, that Jesus says these words. He says, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And it's this extraordinary picture of the Father sending Jesus into this world to fulfill His, his assignment, to fulfill His plan and mission that Jesus had uh, here on earth to point humanity to the Father, to die for our sins, to rise again, to show the character of God. Just all these aspects of Jesus coming for humanity. And in the same way, Jesus fulfills His mission on earth. He goes back to the Father and then He says, now, just as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. And it's an amazing picture, Jesus sending us to wherever we are to use us in that very place. And this is why Paul's so passionate. He knows the good news. He knows how extraordinary this is. He knows how it changes lives. And now Jesus sends you out. He sends Paul out. He sends you in whatever that looks like. In whatever that looks like. He sends us out. I know, you know, as Raquel and I kind of often talk about this and she would often talk about how, and she's, you know, she's a nurse. She's a registered nurse, right? And so she doesn't work at the hospital anymore, but she works at a school as a nurse uh, in a school context. Uh, but, uh, you know, there was a season there where she was working in the hospital and, and there was moments there where, you know, it wasn't the greatest environment or there'd be some tough days at the hospital and things like that. 
And she'd often talk about how she'd be driving to work some days, just going, here we go, you know, like a, another day, earn some money and, you know, pay for things or whatever. And it's just a sense of uh, purposelessness in the midst of this job. And maybe you've done the same. You know, you drive to work, you drive to university and you just go, here we go, it's just like another day at work and I just earn some money and pay off my car or pay off a house or whatever I gotta do. It just seems like, you know, God's not that interested. But then she'd say, then there'd be days. But she'd say, you know what, God, no, you, you've got me here. This is part of my ministry. You know, what do you wanna do today? And she would begin to pray and she would pray all the way through to work, asking and seeking him, what do you wanna do? Surely there's someone you want me to speak to or, or you want me to say today or how do you want me to act or respond or whatever it might be. So lead me today, give me an opportunity today. And she said the difference between that day and a, a, another day where she hasn't been intentional about that was, was chalk and cheese. All of a sudden, her day took on a whole new purpose, realizing that God was involved and God wanted to use her. And she said, without a shadow of a doubt, God would just open up an opportunity or God would give an opportunity to work to, uh, speak to a work colleague about faith or something like that. And all of a sudden, it's this renewed purpose around what she was, what was, she was here for, what, what her work was all about. And in the same way as we begin to understand, yes, this is extraordinary news, but, all of it, but also that when we grasp this and we realize that we are a sent person by God to wherever we are, it takes on a whole new purpose for our lives. And God wants to use you like he really does. He wants to use you in extraordinary ways. He wants to use you in mighty ways to impact the lives of those around you. You know, just quickly, I've been just so... Um, Blown away. My mum is a little bit unwell um, at the moment. Well, she's not a little bit. She's very unwell. She's been very unwell, actually. And um, <clears throat> uh, she's been in hospital for quite a while. And, and like the good news is that she's getting better, which is excellent. But there was a period there where we were like, What's, what is going to happen here? But, you know, it's been amazing uh, in the midst of that, going up and visiting mum regularly and things like that. And, um, and God's just doing some amazing stuff in the midst of, of it as well. Um, but the amazing thing has been just the extraordinary, and, and I just want to acknowledge, like I just um, honour, you know, doctors and nurses and physios and just, you know, the medical work is just incredible. So, so incredible, so blessed um, by the hospital and just absolutely extraordinary. But, you know, it's been amazing in the midst of this, um, just the amount of doctors that all of a sudden mum discovers, you know, a Christian and, and had opportunities to, to talk with them and, and then I just went up the other day and uh, mum's got to, she's got to go through some recovery now and it's going to require a lot of physio work and, and, and just doctors and nurses and many of you like from this very church, like absolutely amazing. And I've just, as I've gone up and I've just seen, you know, quite a few of you that work in these situations, working and, and, and doing your jobs, it may just seem like a job. I, I see the hand of God at work. Like it truly is amazing. And again, just the other day as I went up and uh, <clears throat> mum had to do some physio work to kind of learn, like she's really got to re basically relearn how to walk and, and all sorts of things. So it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, big recovery. But all of a sudden the physio, a young adult girl here in this church, and I'm just seeing her, the way that she works and the way that she was so helpful to mum. And, and, and I was just like, this is incredible. Like it's, it's amazing. Like God is really using this person here. And, and, and many of you that have visited and things like that. And then we go down to the gym where they do doing more physio with, with mum. And, and, and I discovered that the head of the physio is again, uh, one of you that goes here. And, and I was telling mum about it and, and I can't go into great detail, but 
Um, it's just been extraordinary the way that God has been working the situation. As I'm looking around, I'm just seeing you guys encountering some of you up in the hospital and things like this. Just extraordinary to see the way God using you in that very environment and the impact it's having, not just on me, but on my family as well. Like for my dad and my sister and brother-in-law, just extraordinary. And I just look and go, and this is amazing. Like this is truly God at work in every sphere of society. And that's just the hospital, you know what I mean? But you've been placed and you've been sent by God in, in all sorts of different areas of society and all throughout greater Brisbane and beyond. And God wants to use you there. You've been sent by Him to impact the lives of those around. You know, it's fascinating because God is so deeply concerned with the very people you work with. Like He's so deeply concerned with the very people that you go to university with and, and people in your family, the very, the very street in which you live. Like, I've always talked about this, but like, don't you see? Like, it's not a mistake you live there. Like, don't you see that? And this, this message is so extraordinary. This message is so life-changing. And to and throw throughout the earth, God is looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And he looks around and he sees people in suburbs and he sees people in workplaces and he's saying, who can I use? Who can I use? Oh, there's one of my children. I wanna use you. Don't believe this lie that it's kind of like the sacred here and the secular out there and you just gotta get by from Monday to Saturday. No, that is crazy, absolutely crazy thinking he wants to use you right where you are. That is your ministry. You've maybe never heard that before. And I'm so sorry you haven't heard that before because it rips my heart apart that you haven't realized that that is your very ministry, that God has specifically called you to that place. And when you begin to understand that and you begin to realize that this good news message that you've been sent by God to that very place to impact your lives will change everything. And just as Paul understands that he has an extraordinary purpose for his life, you too will begin to understand the extraordinary purpose that God has for your life right where you are, right where you are. It changes everything. I think I've spoken enough. But let me just make this clear. This is, the, this is the good news of the message that Paul is so clear about. It's the good news that changes the power of God that brings salvation to people, changes and transforms people's lives. But secondly, not only that, that we have been commissioned by God, called and sent by Him to share this good news message with others. And I just pray that you will begin to understand your identity in Him, your identity and how good this, uh, not just your identity, but the deep understanding of how good this message is and that you've been sent by God to share this message with others. Sorry, I'm just gonna say one last thing, right? And I know I've shared this before, but I'm gonna tell you because I just reminded of it. I was speaking to someone this morning and I was going on about this, you know, about how this extraordinary message and how everyone's been called, everyone has a ministry in some way or another by God and I was sharing about it. And I just said, you know, for me, it's like, it's like if you knew somebody was incredibly sick, if you knew someone had cancer and in your top pocket or wherever it was in your pocket, you had a pill that could cure them direct like then and there and you knew you could cure them. Like imagine standing there listening to their story knowing that they are so sick that they're probably going to die from this cancer, knowing in your pocket you could give them that pill and they'd be fully, fully cured. Like imagine just talking to them and then just walking away and not giving that to them. Like that would seem crazy, it seems absurd. And I think what Paul understands is this, Paul realises that, that this good news message is, is the answer. Like it literally is the pill to bring the cure that humanity so desperately needs. 
Like the problem in our society today is sin and Jesus is the answer to the problem. Like he's the pill and all we need to do is present this, this to those around us. And, and, and if they're willing to receive it, their lives could be changed and transformed that he is the answer to the problem of society today. And so this truly is good news and we have an opportunity and not just an opportunity, a privilege to, to go on behalf of God sent by him to share this good news with those around us. Father God, we thank you for your word and how it changes and impacts us. And Lord, I just know that, you know, you're speaking to us here tonight, great God. I just know that even right now, I just sense there's some are going, I, I, you know, I used, to be, I used to be passionate. Some are maybe feeling guilty in some way right now because they feel like, well, how come I'm not that passionate about it? And I just, I just sense to pray specifically for those right now that feel that way, great God. And the thing is this, is that, Lord, you, you never condemn us. It's not about that, great God. You, you don't condemn us and we shouldn't feel guilty or anything like that, Father God. You wanna remind us and you wanna still in us and you wanna show us this extraordinary message. And I just wanna pray for those that feel that way tonight. I just wanna pray for them and I pray, great God, that you would, you would encourage them. I pray, great God, that you'd, you'd give them a fresh revelation of who you are uh, for their own personal lives. A fresh encounter with you, great God, that reminds them of how good you are. I pray, Father God, that you would, you'd show them through your word and through prayer, Father God, that how this really changes. And I pray that you would use them um, to impact lives around them and begin to stir within them just a hunger and a desire for you, great God, and a great reminder of what this means for every single person, great God. And so, Lord, I really just want this to be an encouragement and I pray that you'd encourage us tonight. I pray that you'd use us that as we surrender afresh before you, great God, that we go about whatever we're doing in our lives, that you'd use us, Father God. I pray you'd give us a, a, um, a not, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of courage to know that you are with us, to have the, to have the, um, the courage, even if we feel scared, to still step out, to still step out knowing that you're with us and that you are leading us and that we can trust you, great God. And so we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that you're with us. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for our identity in you. Changes everything, great God. We honor and we worship you tonight, great God. Continue to use us, we pray in your precious name. Amen. Why don't we jump up on our feet? You can do that now. We're just gonna sing this last song together and we're gonna uh, honor and worship our great God and you know, you just feel free even in this moment, wherever you are, feel free in this song just to, to um, not just worship Him, but to respond to Him and to say, God, just stir, like stir a fire in my heart. You know, it's true. If, you've, if you felt like I used to be passionate, I don't know what happened, I used to be passionate, speak to Him, respond to Him, say, God, I want that passion back. I wanna yield to you. I wanna surrender to you. I wanna know the goodness of you in my heart afresh. You can do that as we worship and sing this song together. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over all and every mind 
Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break
love what Twig said before about if you knew a friend or family member who was sick and you had the cure, you had the pill in your pocket to save them, wouldn't you? Because that's the truth tonight. Our friends and our family who do not know Jesus, they are condemned to a life away from God. And He has placed you in your workplaces, in your families, in your schools, in your universities to be the light, to show them who Jesus is, to give them the answer, to give them the good news of who Jesus is and bring them from death to life. Let me pray for you this evening. Father God, we thank You that You have placed us exactly where You want us. You have work that You want us to do. You have people that You want us to reach by the power of Your Spirit living within us. So we pray tomorrow, as we go to work, as we get up early in the morning, we get ready, that we would surrender tomorrow to You. As we go to school, as we go to university, as we interact with our families and friends, Father, would it be a living sacrifice to You? Father, fill our days with opportunities to declare Your goodness, to declare Your truth, to proclaim who Jesus is, the truth that is found in Him, that Jesus moves people from death to life, Father. We will not be ashamed of the Gospel. We will not be ashamed of the good news that is found in Jesus Christ. So we pray, Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage. Give us the words to reach every single person You have placed in our lives, Father. We wanna see them know the freedom that is found in You. We wanna see them know the freedom that is found when those chains are broken by the power of Jesus. So I wanna pray a blessing on each and every one here tonight, Father. Go before them, lead them, help them to be open to all that you have planned for them tomorrow in their workplaces, their study and their families, Lord. Speak, Father, for your servants are listening. And Lord, we just wanna thank you for the power that is found in Jesus, for the new life that is found in Him. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has saved all of us here, broken sinners, now redeemed, now made new through Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. It has been wonderful to have you with us this evening. If you are new as well, we have our Connections Lounge up the back with a team who would love to meet you. Please go up, have a chat. We'd love to welcome you into our church family. But God bless guys, have a great night. We can't wait to see you next week. <laughs>